0: Does that text have a sweet sound to your spirit? (laughs) Remember the time when you were in condemnation? The Lord would have come. You would have been sent straight to hell. That's just a fact. Uh, People, this means something. What Paul's talking about means something here. There is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them who are, what does it say? Are in Christ Jesus. Now, This is the only place, the only place of safety. If a person's not in Christ Jesus, well, they just are not going to be saved. There is no safety except, see, why would God make a provision and then ignore it? Well, see, God's not like man. God doesn't prepare something and then just let it go. God has made a provision for man to be saved from the wrath to come. Now, we're reading just a little bit. This is one verse. But see, this is a powerful verse. This this means something. And if you have faith, it'll take hold of this verse and it won't let it go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who... Oh, wait a minute. He's going to get a little more specific. Who walk not after the flesh, but they walk after the spirit. See, they're actively engaged in being saved. They don't count themselves as 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 one who has attained. No, they're 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 walking in the spirit. They're traveling. They're on their way to salvation. See, they've been saved. And they're being saved, but they're looking forward to, to the to completion of this arrangement when they will awake in his likeness. Now, that's salvation. But see, this, this is required right now. Right now, our goal, if you want to call it that, our greatest desire is that we, as we walk in the Spirit, will be pleasing to the Lord. Live for him, in other words, give your life up. For him, because there is really is no other way to obtain eternal. It's not like we're doing works of righteousness, which is what in Romans chapter seven, Paul does produce a great argument for those who would desire to, to be justified by the law, you're in trouble. See, that's just the way it is. There is therefore now the first. This first verse in chapter 8 is a concluding statement, one that brings all of chapter 7 into one cognitive statement of fact. See, if you don't understand chapter 7, 8.1 defines it. This is, this is what he's talking about. There is no other way for us to be justified before God. I, I just love it. He, um, he, he says in chapter 7, he talks about the law hath dominion over man as long as he lives. He's talking about a woman being married to a man, but because he died, she was free. In other words, she didn't have to serve him anymore because he was dead. Isn't that wonderful? Look at that picture that God made. You see, when you're free, when you're baptized into Christ, you're baptized into his death. You died. And then you were raised to walk in newness of life. And now see... We don't go back to the, to, to the dead man. We don't have to serve the law anymore as a means of righteousness. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we're not trying to make sure that all the O's and the dashes and all. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about being alive in Christ Jesus, alive to God. You can actually fellowship with God because you've, in your spirit, you have a new spirit. One that's compatible with God. He brings you the good things of God. And it doesn't have dominion. Now he says here in Romans 7, 4, Wherefore, my brethren, you also become dead to the law, dead to the law, by the body of Christ. That, you see, says not just like, okay, we're dead. Oh, that wouldn't, that would be a pathetic end, wouldn't it? But see, you did have to die. There's a part of you that had to die. In other words, you don't obey it anymore. You're not responsive to it anymore. You crucify it. That's how. You also become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That. Now this is the, where the life comes in. That you should be married to another. Even to him who is raised from the dead. That we should bring forth fruit to God. Yeah. See, Paul's not... When a person is tied to some rules and regulations and they trust in them, they're never, they never feel satisfied. It doesn't produce life. It's just, you know, you, I, I'm, I live a very regimented life. And I, I, every morning I do the same thing. And afternoon I do the same thing. And evening I do the same thing. And I start tomorrow over again. That doesn't produce life. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that when you walk in the Spirit and have no confidence in the flesh you'll find that the Lord sends you to do very versatile things. And just in a moment, you could be standing in the middle of Walmart, and the next thing you know, God uses you to do something, to speak to someone. Now, see, you can't write that down in a book. You can't plan that up. But see, God's directing our paths. We're alive to him, and we're not serving the law. I like this other romans seven five talks about the motions of sin that worked I like that worked too it worked in our members you did some things that technically you needn't think about doing there was this there's this nature this old man and he's corrupt according to deceitful lust and he can be driven by Satan Satan has access to that man and so I'm sure all of you can look back on your lives and think, why did I do that? Well, these motions of sin were working in you. We ought to be delivered from that. Romans 7, 6 says, but now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The law was a schoolmaster. It wasn't the end in itself. It was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, we can see, we were taught that righteousness was never attained by that. How was righteousness attained? By life in Christ. You're made righteous. It's not like you worked for it. Jesus purchased it with his own blood. And then lastly, in Romans 7, 24, it says, Who shall... Deliver me from the body of this death. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So, because these things are true, these are real realities. Paul's the only one that I know of that spoke like this, that ever explained it, what was going on inside of you. There's something going on. And if you don't understand it, you won't understand how to, how to walk in the Spirit, how to crucify the flesh, these, these things that they, they just come up. What do you got to do? Crucify it. But you're made more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. We have the power to say no. We do. There is therefore now no condemnation. So now, see, the devil's not ever going to tell you this. The devil's never going to say, oh, that's all right. I understand. You've been born again. I'll leave you alone. Actually, those are the ones he's going after. But see, we live in a generation right now where this is not being taught and people do not know how to battle against the forces of evil. They're very real. There's forces out there that if you aren't paying attention, it will take you down in a moment. Well, the good news is there is therefore now no condemnation. To them who are in Christ Jesus. So when the enemy comes and says, you're not accepted, you're not really accepted. I mean, think about what you thought about yesterday. Think about everything that happened. If this wasn't true, well, you would have fallen. But see, God put you in the Christ. A place where some refinement can be made. In other words, your desires can be altered to where the things that you once did, mostly, pretty mindlessly, just did them. Now you can, you can you, he's refining the way you look at everything. You're a new man. And that new man can't sin. Can't sin. We'll never lead you to do something that God doesn't love. Your old man, well, he's incapable of that. So see, this dichotomy has got to be understood. Otherwise, you'll think, you'll feel condemned. Well, I didn't do enough. I, I should have done this, but... There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. How do you know you're in Christ Jesus? Well, you walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You prefer one over the other. Now, that's your indication. This didn't happen by nature. When you were born, this wasn't the way it was. You were, yeah, you were contrary. There's not something that is... This, this is not something... See, the thing is, right now, and this is the thing that really was moving my heart to, 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 to speak about this, this is not something that's going to come in the future. Yes. This is something that's right now. Yes. And if we don't take advantage of it right now, when the future, when Jesus comes back, we won't be ready to stand before Him. See, there was this opportunity for you to come close to God the holy spirit was right there you know the holy spirit's always giving us good encouragement even when he says don't do that that's good encouragement yeah. see the holy spirit's true he's he's truly working the will of God in us he, he he's been sent by the father himself into our hearts so see this is something that's happening right now and because of that We need to beware or be aware of when, instead of the motions of sin, we have the motions of the Holy Spirit working in us. In other words, he has a desire. He has a purpose he's working out. Christ really has died. He really did die. 2,000 years, he really laid down his life in order that we might have life. And this is the life right now. See, now in the ages to come, we won't have this vile body anymore. We'll have a, a holy body, right? Sanctified body. A, a glorified body. See, we're not home yet. Right now we have this old body who seeks. It seeks. It desires. It will never change its mind. It wants to do its own will. But greater is he that is in you. Then it's he that is in the world. And and for our text today, we would say, Greater is he who is in Christ. See, you're in him. You've been baptized into him in order that you might serve God, not yourself. See, you're only gonna serve, you're gonna serve yourself, or you're gonna serve the devil. See, really is serving yourself, or you're gonna serve God. Now, we've been called, we've been delivered called, chosen to serve God. So this is great news. There's no condemnation. Don't let somebody try to trick you up. Some people come with doctrines actually to prove that you're still a sinner. Well, it's not true. If you're in Christ, no condemnation. You see, some some of these Corinthian brethren they were saying, "There's no resurrection of the dead. No resurrection. We don't need to be. We don't. We don't believe in that." And there's some people today that say we don't believe in something that's true. It's true. Christ taught it. The apostles preached it, and yet they say we don't believe that. And as though that could take it away. Like that could nullify it. But it. They. They. It can't nullify it. There is therefore now no condemnation. Now. And so this argument, Paul is a master at taking this argument. And and the way he's presenting it, you would have to be mindless not to see what he's talking about. Especially those who were defaulting to live by the law. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there's no resurrection of the dead? Now, see, I don't know that they had ever thought about the implications of that statement, of what it implied and what it meant if there's no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, Christ is not risen. Now, think of the implications of that. If Christ isn't risen from the dead, well, we're of all men most miserable, Right? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. And yea, we are found false witnesses. They preach the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Remember that Paul preached it to, to those in Rome? No. On Mars Hill? Yeah, Rome. And they, 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 those scholars, they just couldn't receive that. As soon as he started talking about the resurrection of the dead, they were like, we're done hearing you. They didn't believe it was possible. Well, this kind of thinking can get into the church. There's people today that are preaching that when you go into the grave, that you are in there. The essence of who you are. Your spirit is in there too. Well, they call it soul sleeping. The only problem with that is this text is telling us that we're in Christ Jesus. Now, is Christ still in the grave? Did he not raise from the, from the dead? And, and we, we have many witnesses that saw him. And then we have many witnesses that tell us that he ascended into heaven. They watched it. Now, it was, does this mean that when he ascended into heaven, will we no longer in him? Because no, it, you see how this, this argument is, is so fallible, it, it, it doesn't give anybody any confidence. To tell him, well, you know, we're going to go to the grave now. He's right there. No, we're in Christ Jesus. Now, right now, if you have faith and you, God has put you into Christ, when you die, it says to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. So see this, this is a, there's these kind of arguments that people will make. What does that do? It takes away, you, you, if, you, if you believe them, you won't have this satisfaction of no condemnation. See, Christ is alive at God's right hand, and we are in Him. Now, physically, we're still here. But spiritually, we are in Christ, where there is no condemnation. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. So you can see how Paul was a master at breaking down these deceptions and speaking about them in such a way that you would be built up, you would be able to believe the truth. Because this is, this argument is still valid today. Paul doesn't leave them to wonder. He doesn't say, okay, I told you. I, I proved that this is false. Go on home and think about it. No, this is what he says now. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. But now is Christ. Risen from the dead. You can see that Paul's careful in his teaching. He he leads them, he shows them the fallacy of, but then he he preaches the doctrine. And become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Christ is alive. He is actually administrating the kingdom. Have you been blessed in the past week, in the past hour, in the past year? It's because Christ is at the right hand of God. That's why. He's the one that's administrating the kingdom. Have you come to understand more about the kingdom of God? Seen more? It's because Christ is alive. If Christ was dead, you wouldn't receive any of that. None of it. But he's alive. This truth is reasonable. See what Paul's preaching is something that's reasonable. So when we get to to, to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, see this if if you're if you're alive to God, then you don't look at it and say, I wonder what that means. You say, Praise God. There's no condemnation. I'm in Christ. I'm in the one who can't sin. (laughs) What he's done is the Apostle Paul has taken these brethren by the hand and led them to the correct way that we should think about the resurrection of the dead. There is a correct way to think about that. And when you understand it, then there's a correct way to preach it, to tell people, no, we're not going to stay in the grave. One of these days, our bodies are going to be raised, but they're going to be raised incorruptible. We're going, to, we're going to be with God forever. Now, see, but many in our time, it's just a sad thing to have to say, but this is the truth. Many in our our time have neglected the words of Paul. They, won't, they don't give credence to this, what we just read. And because of that, they're... they're because of that the result is they're ignorant they don't understand what god's doing in christ and so they're led about with a with a bunch of false doctrine that doesn't bring them any hope there's no confidence in false doctrine it's false condemnation is coming it is coming it's on its way for all those who, who are not in Christ Jesus, they don't believe the record that God's given of his son. So a lot of doctrines have been concocted that say, okay, this salvation was a one-time event. You came in, you, I said, is anybody want to be baptized? You came forward, we baptized you, and then you went home, and that was the end of that. Is that what he's talking about here? No, that's not what he's talking about here. This is the condemnation. Jesus told us when he was here that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather. Why does spiritual life, if if not maintained, why does it creep away? Because this isn't the only thing in you. There's There's another. The old man's right there and the devil has access to him. And what God's proving in this is that there are some, even though they may have had a moment A moment when God gave them to see things clearly, they refused it because they loved darkness. Why would a person start out good and then fall from the grace of God? Because they preferred darkness rather than the light. They seen Jesus to a degree. They seen who He was. He was their Savior. That He took away their sins. They were made happy for a moment. But then as time passed by... And they weren't fed, they weren't built up, they drifted back into something that they once, at one time, hated. They hated it so much they left it and came to Christ. This is serious. Paul gives a stern warning to all those who are presently believing. Right now you're believing. You see, if you don't take hold of what Christ has given you, you may not believe tomorrow. This is not something that, that we have this is on we've got to stay with Christ. And if we don't, we'll be led astray. Led astray by our own deceitful lust. Is what he says, Hebrews 3:12. Take heed, brethren. Take heed. This is serious lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, when you get out of sin and you start walking in the Spirit, see, there is no point in time when you can stop and, and just say, well, I'll be right back. No, you won't be right back. See, when you walk out, you leave behind all the benefits, all the grace. Now, at that point in time, you need to repent all over again. That the moment that you decide to to leave Christ and do your own thing, what happens? Well, now it complicates the issue. Now God has to grant you repentance. This, I, I know the devil's a liar. And the, what the devil will say is, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, you, you'll still go to church. You can still go to the building. But, you know, you can still do whatever you want. This is, the devil is so, so not like God. He's a liar. He's a liar, and he'll tell you anything. See, sin hardens you. Yeah. It hardens your heart. Now, the only way see, when you if you should depart from the living God immediately your heart is hard. It wants what it wants, and you have given into it. And now, if you are to be saved, God must deliver you again. Yeah. But we are made partakers of Christ if that's in the Bible. If we hold fast. To the beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end. See now, God is not mocked, right? He's not mocked. See, whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. It, this is this is this is in the nature of God. He's not going to change just so just so we can do what we want to do. See. We don't have to leave our first love. We don't have to do that. Yeah. See, he's made full provision for us to, to be strong and vibrant in the Lord. Amen. But see, we got this world around us that's antithetical to anything that has to do with God. The, you know, the, the prince, the God of this world is the devil. And he and he's going to do his best to try to get you to do just. Just something. Something little. While it said today, if you'll hear his voice, yes, uh, yes. hear his voice. Can you hear his voice? Yes, God. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. See, when Israel, they were delivered out of Egypt. They were clean escaped from Egypt. They didn't have, they weren't under bondage anymore. God was doing things for him. They got to the to the the, the 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 Red Sea, and they just stood there. And what happened? God opened it up. He opened it up, just like when you were baptized into Christ. That was His work. He did that work. Amen. Now, see, you say, "Well, I repented." How did you repent? Because He gave you to repent. He gave you grace. He gave you mercy, and you repented of your sins, and you were washed. They were washed away and you were put into Christ, a place of safety, a place where Satan couldn't touch you. Now we have to, we have to do this. We have to walk in the spirit. In other words, we have to be guided by God through the Holy Spirit to where if, if by any chance something should get in the way and you appeal to the Lord, Lord, what do I do? He'll give you the answer. And in that answer, if you obey the Lord, even if it means your body dies, you're still safe in the arms of Jesus. When men reject the salvation that God's provided, God will not save them from the wrath to come. Now, this has got to be made clear. You know, I, I've been reading Sinners in the Hands of Anger God. Talk about potency. Now, that's a sermon with some potency. Potency. But I dare say it wouldn't be received in the generation we're living in. No. They would be like, oh, that's just too harsh. That's so, uh, uh, how dare you talk to the saints of God like that? We need to know that if, 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 when, see, temptation is all wrapped up like a big candy bar. It's all beautiful. T- it's a temptation. And, and the old man, he just wants it so bad. But see, the new man, the new man can see this is not of God. And he will, the new man will never provoke you to go after this mysterious thing over here, this wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But it's not of God, so it can't be a wonderful thing. We must not allow any false doctrines to neutralize our steadfast devotion to Christ. It will, it will attempt to. It will. But see, praise God, he can keep you from falling. But see, that's for those who are to go to him. You know, we say, well, I went to my dad for advice. But see, Jesus doesn't give advice quite like that. If you go to him, he'll keep you from falling. In other words, you'll know what to do. You'll know how to react if you go to Christ. If you don't just jump out and say, well, I'm doing this because I want to do it. That's not what life in Christ is. Life in Christ is that You give yourself to Him, and then He will direct your path. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have God's Spirit living in you. Now, see, there could be no better arrangement for our present situation. We have a God in heaven that can do anything. We have His Son that took away our sins and is interceding. He's our great high priest, and He's given us His own Spirit living in us. So, of course, we would appeal to Him. We would go to Him. It's his spirit. And sometimes there's things that we don't even know about that the Holy Spirit asks God for us because we don't know what we should ask. But see, this is for someone that's close to him, for someone who's abiding in his tabernacle. You notice that um, this exhortation is not given to the world. The world's not told, well, you know, you, you just... You just go ahead and, and um, ask God. This is not something, a, a carnal ma- mind does not understand this. You have to be born again. Mm-hmm. Jesus said you can't even see the kingdom of God. You got to be born again. But once you're born again and you're given all the things that you need in order to successfully make it through this world, the Holy Spirit will commune with your spirit that you are one of the sons of God. See, people with have an evil heart have to repent. And they have to stop having an evil heart. And then they can have a heart that's that God can work with. He will work with. Those who've been redeemed must diligently and uh, they must diligently understand that we have an enemy that will never stop working behind the scenes in an attempt to, to, to infiltrate our heart. See, the the devil's just happy with just a tiny little part of your heart. If he can just have just the tiniest little part of your heart, well then see, he can make some progress. The thing is, is that our heart has to be guarded. We have to guard our heart. In other words, the things you desire, the things you love, guarded. I mean, is it really such a sin just to say, just take it easy. Just relax. Well, it is when God said, get up and go into the battle. Yeah. Now that's wrong to just say. That's right. Now David would tell you this is true. He would tell you. If there's a battle, make sure you're, you're, make sure you're out there in it. Right. Otherwise, the temptation can take you. It really can. And see, none of us are immune to temptation. Not, we, on our own. We are not immune to it. As you're in Christ, as you're walking in the Spirit, see He'll enable you, but on your own, well, Peter would testify, you can overrate your strength. You can think you're stronger than what you really are and then put yourself in a position where you fall. Yeah. Satan didn't suggest that Eve mount up a great rebellion against God. He didn't try to say, well, you're greater than God and you... He didn't do that, right? But see, but that was the direction. That was the direction in Satan's mind was the rebellion against God. And so all he got her to do is just take a bite of a piece of fruit. But God said not to do that. There is therefore now no condemnation to them. Now this is specific. You see how he didn't say it for everyone. There's no condemnation for all the whole world. No, to them. You are our specific people to them which are in Christ. You now, How does a person come to know Christ? Well, there's a lot of strategies of men. That, I mean, there's just hundreds of them. You just pick up the phone and call every church in, in this area and ask them, how do you how, how do you get saved? You'll have a whole bunch of different answers. That's strategies of men. That's something they thought of to take the place of what God said. How, do you, how does a person, well, Jesus asked his disciples, he says, whom say ye that I am? Well, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. See, this is the thing. That, that, that when churches modify what God said about salvation, they're operating in flesh and blood. Just with their own mind. Well, we think it would be nicer if we didn't actually dunk the person in water. I mean, that's unnecessary. We'll just sprinkle some water on their head. I mean, it's just easier. What have they done? They've messed with something that God said. Flesh and blood cannot be relied on. See, just your own mind. The mind of the flesh will never agree with the scriptures. It won't. It's antithetical. But see, we've been given a new mind. The mind of Christ in its complete harmony with Scripture. My, this blessing is not only for the apostles. I mean, See, he, he I was talking to the apostles there. Flesh and blood hathn't revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Well, how do you, that's the same way we came in. Our Father in heaven. He opened up our eyes and gave us to see. But see, so this blessing, I, I say that because there's some that say this blessing is only for the apostles, and we get it secondhand. But this is not the fact. Nobody is saved secondhand. Either you're saved by God personally, or you're not saved at all. See, this is the heritage of every saint. This is how we come to know God. Philip testified to the eunuch, says, as they were on their way there, he came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then this is, he says, stop the chariot. Stop the chariot. Why? Because he knew this man couldn't know that Jesus is the Son of God unless God had given him to see it. And you see how quick how quick Philip was. Yeah, he was quick. He, he didn't say, well, well, we haven't gone through the two weeks of training. Okay, now what we're going to do. Now this is real. This is really happening out there. If a person comes and, and they want to be baptized, they say, well, one, they don't ask them, do you believe what do, you, what do you think about Jesus? they don't ask him that anymore now they say well we have two weeks of you come and brother this is this is a great departure from the way God set it up God's way and Philip knew it so when this man made the good confession he knew stop the chariot we're baptizing him see preachers that know the Lord would do the same thing, wouldn't they? I mean, Brother David over in Africa, he goes out and he preaches. And as he goes out and preach, if, if somebody makes this confession, no problem, we have a river right here. And they baptize him immediately. Why? Because he sees this. He sees. We don't want to tarry. You don't want to put it off say, well, we're going to baptize once a month. and We'll just get you know, once a month. What I'm saying is that all these things are devised by the devil. And they try, to, they try to get in the door, and men think, well, this doesn't really make that much difference. But everything that God said to us does make a big difference. If thou believest with thine whole heart. Now, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, see, this, is, this is speaking of specific people. To those who have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. God has granted them to know and and abide in his Son. They know who he is. And see, they know who he is because God gave them to believe, and then there's a place for them to reside in the person of Christ. The Apostle John labored this point. He says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Mm -hmm. This couldn't happen on your own. We, We go out there and we mingle with those around us, and and every once in a while someone will surface. And you get to talking to them, and you find out sure enough, they believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. You just found an heir, an heir of God. Amen. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. So you meet him, and instantly you love them. Yes. See, because you you see, you can actually see the love of Christ working in them. This is the way the kingdom of God is set up. Amen. As we abide in Christ, the eyes of our understanding are illuminated. In other words, we know what to do. Now I can remember being very scared. My dad sent me out to be a superintendent of a job. Now I'd never done this before. I would worked on jobs but never been the boss. And so I told him, Dad, I don't understand electronic, electric and all that. He says, you don't have to. You, what you do is when they come up and they ask a question, you ask them, well, well how would you do it? And they'll sit there professionals. They'll tell you what to do. And you just say, well, that sounds good. And they'll think, you know, this is not the way the kingdom of God works. Yeah. See, you know whom you have believed in. You know, you're not pretending. Oh, believe me, there's a fabricated church out there that works just like that. They just like kind of feel like, what do the people want? Oh, let's give them that. Not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we come together in Christ and we rejoice. Why? Because we're all together. We're we're family. Technically, we love one another because we're all abiding in the same person. We're all abiding in Christ. And so, see, we've He's testified to our hearts, right? He's and He's given us to believe. We abide in Christ. Our present life in Christ is teaching us how to overcome. Now, we don't know everything when we first come in. We know one thing. We don't want nothing to do with sin. We don't want to offend God. We've been saved, set apart. But see, that's just the beginning. Now he's going to teach our hands to make war with this old man. (laughs) And you can overcome and when you do overcome, you always glorify God. See, God's the one that did the work in you. You got to be the one that he used to crucify something in you. But see, it's to God's glory. He did the work. Amen. We know. John 5.18 says, we know. Isn't it? Aren't you glad that you know? That whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now, <laughs> that's hard for some folks. But I tell you. There is therefore no, now, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. we got to see this from God's perspective, okay? Not man's perspective. We're not, we're not asking the neighbor to evaluate our faith. We're asking, see, God is the one. That, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him, that He is true. And we are in Him that is true, even His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Now, why? This great, glorious paragraph, and He says at the end, keep yourself from idols. Why would He have to say that? Because every bit of this is as we are in Christ, as we walk in the Spirit, as we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, every moment that we're here is a possibility. See, the devil doesn't, doesn't miss it. I know you know this. You have a weak moment, the devil will be right there. So, see, at the end of all this exalted speaking, he's talking about where God's put us in Christ. And at the end, be on your guard now. Be on your guard. Keep yourself from worshiping anything else except God. All this great stuff that's been done in us. Now, for some, they exalted themselves. There were some false disciples that went out, and they exalted themselves. Well, we're called to be aware aware of our surroundings and aware of of what the enemy can do see this is all part of walking in the spirit he he teaches our hands to make war he doesn't just teach our hands to make war so we can sit down right yeah, it's all we can do for some fighting some battling now as an exhortation today i want to i want us to I want to exhort you to be on guard. See, this, it, it, it could happen before the end of the day. Some trial, some temptation overtake you. That's what they do. They overtake you. And when you are least thinking about it, you're thinking about something else. And a trial could just overtake you. Some kind of temptation. And we're not immune to it while we're here. we got to be on our guard. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live. Now, see, this is an exhortation. (laughs) Paul's given Titus an exhortation, see? We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking... For the, blessed, for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. Now, see, what did Paul just do? See, he talked about what's really around us. These things are really around us. The enemy is really looking for an opportunity to overtake us. But you see what he did? He put that in the context of Christ working. This is Christ's work. As long as we stay with him, no one can touch you. No one can effectively hurt you. They might be able to kill your body, but they can't. And they can't even kill your body unless God gives them permission. This isn't something the enemy just can kill you at any time. That's not true. God God is the one that we serve. So see, all these possibilities that we're confronted with every day, they're in God's hands. And as you see that, as you understand that, you can be exhorted to be on your guard, but at the same time, be rejoicing in Christ Jesus, having no confidence in the flesh. If we are not specifically diligent in keeping these things, they'll slip out of our hands. They will do it. See, that's why we have to... Let no man take your crown. See, it, 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 they're going to try, but you just hold on tight, as it were. Which, in other words, walk in the spirit and have no, have no confidence in the flesh. God provided an abundant salvation; it is abundant, but it's only available to those who are in Christ. But if you're in Christ, it's available to you. See, so you can excel only to the degree that you've given yourself to the Lord. That's just the truth. As you give yourself, as you focus on Him and let the world pass away, He will use you in His kingdom. He will. Now, whatever, whatever He's called you to do, see, we're not all called with the same work. But whatever He's called you to do, you will excel in it as you live for Him. It says, For if these things be in you and abound... They make you. You see, things that God's given us are working in us to produce God's desired effect, right? It's his his resources, and he's called us into this kingdom. They make you that you you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord. But he that lacketh these things is going to be blind. No, he is blind. That's why he lacks them. And cannot see it far off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. How could he forget that he was purged from his old sins if not at one time he was purged from his old sins? Mm-hmm. See, the message that I wanted to bring today, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And that's where God's put us. He's put us in Christ. And so we just need to stay where God put us. And all the grace is available to do it. God's not going abandon us. He's not. He's not. He put us in Christ not so he could forsake us, so he could save us. Yeah. So praise God for the work he's done in Christ Jesus for us. Any comments from the brethren?